When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's MCU in review. Cameron Kennedy, I want to give a personal sorry. We I just realized we have the Loki in review intro that I didn't remember until we started watching it. And it's too Has late it ever now. been shown before? But I, for Loki season one. Oh, okay. So it's been many years. So I it just, you know. Everybody give us the fucking click and go click on Loki yeah, go season check it out one. There. Watch that and come back here. Exactly. Anyway, Cameron, I love you so much. I'm Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good afternoon, everybody. The big daddy, Greg Miller. Hello, I'm here and I'm excited to be here. And the producer slash the Producer Nick Scarpino. Rounding out the quartet. Good to see you. What a time to be alive, everybody. Time. What a time for all what time. A time what a time. What a time. <laughs> of course, this is kind of funny's MCU in review, where we rank, recap, and review every single Marvel Studios project. Uh, last week we did the Marvel, so you can check out what we thought of that feature film. Uh, and this week we're talking about Loki season two, uh, the entire Disney Plus show. I'm gonna rank it alongside all the rest of the projects. You can get all this stuff on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com as a video. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we will be right there for you but if you wanted to go above and beyond patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to go uh we can get the show ad free you could also get a whole bunch of bonus content just like our patreon producers nathan lamoth james hasting and casey andrew are all well aware of uh today we're brought to you by better help but we'll get into all of that later real quick nick how you doing i'm well how are you good haven't done content with you in a long time. It's been a while. This is, is ex- exciting. You know? I'm, I'm excited to, to be holding down the corner with you. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah. Should be fun. I don't know your thoughts on the show. It, it, I don't know your thoughts on the show, too, yeah. but based on how you and Andy were talking and, like, the wows, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. Oh, today. well, there we go. We'll see what happens. Strap in, everybody. Uh, we're getting right into it. It's Loki Season 2, released what's, October 5th through... No, what's up, Greg? What's different about this intro? <laughs> Did we not use it on that one either? Loki, every move Marvel movie and show ranked recap. It's, it's, it's green. That was it. Well, it's green, and in the end, it like you what? almost stopped this entire show. You apologize to Cameron Kennedy, all right? Yeah. Cameron. Heir to the Look can fortune. Oh, my parents make cans. We feed to Hagler. Kennedy. Cameron. Kennedy. Cam. Cam. Can. 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 Yeah. You don't understand great humor like me and Greg do. A lot of stretches being made here. <laughs> a lot of leaps. <laughs> uh, but the, the end of it, it was different. It was yeah, like the yeah. Loki names and stuff. Yeah. That's fun, cool stuff. October Kennedy, 5th. Just shut up. <laughs> God no, damn. If we were really thinking, we would have. in the chat says, How does he know about the cans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, released on October 5th through November 9th, 2023. Uh, it was show ran by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, um, who are kind of rising the ranks over there at Marvel Studios currently. Um, they are going to be running Daredevil Born Again. Raven Moorhead as well. <laughs> I mean, I just I felt the I felt the wind from the beginning oh, of his movements oh, come to hit this? me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Greg, for audio listeners, Greg's drinking a Coca Cola. Oh, mm. What's this? So here we go. Put what's that there. Greg, drop it in. Right it on. Let's go. <laughs> Music was done by Natalie Holt once again. Uh, she also did season one and uh, has created what. At this point, might be my favorite score in the MCU overall. And goddamn, they went off this season. Uh, she also did the Obi Wan Kenobi um, series last year. I already was called this it. Year? Put this score along with your favorites of all time. I'm already calling it, Nick. Yeah. I don't care. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough of the fight. Oh, the you're man's done about forever. to die here in the ring. Yeah. We, like I'm. I'm I've seen enough. I'm putting it up there with the Spider-Man animated theme, with the X-Men animated theme, the ones that I will remember for the rest of my life on my last. Dying breath, I'll be there going, and then I'll and then I'll go, What was that, Papa? And then I'll go, 
bam, 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 bam. And I'll go, Papa, what's that? And I'll go, Spider-Man. <laughs> it's going to be a lot, of a lot of themes. Put it up there with Star Wars, Jurassic Park. This theme is so damn good, dude. Andy Cortez fucking gets it. And shout out to Natalie Holt. I want to see her do so much more. Um, but yeah, there's no, we don't know the budget or box office because it's a TV show, everybody. Uh, but we're going to get right into it. I, I don't know what Greg thinks about this. I kind of get, I know Andy. I think I have a vibe from Nick. I want to start with Greg then. What do you think of Loki season two? Uh, it was fine. I, th I thought it, it didn't uh, deliver the things I loved about Loki season one. I thought that uh, Loki season one was really great at giving me a uh, heartfelt relationship between Loki and Sylvie, between Loki and uh, Mobius. Uh, I felt like this one had a lot of great performances in it. Uh, a lot of funny moments, a lot of cool characters. Timely, I enjoyed. Of course, OB. They did fun stuff in here. I loved using the time slipping i thought that was a cool device i thought it was not yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff i liked in this but i really wasn't feeling like loki and sylvie i really didn't feel like they were that loki had been reunited with sylvie and really missed her i didn't feel like she acted the same way as i would have hoped she would have acted as a i'll say jilted lover but even jil jilted partner after everything that went down with he who remains he who remains um and then yeah mobius and loki i also thought we didn't get enough buddy cop stuff out of them that i liked before so I thought we had a, how many episodes was season one? Six. It was as well. This one felt way shorter to me. And I felt like they tried to cram more stuff into it that had a whole bunch of stuff I liked in it, but then a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm just like, I don't need Renslayer again. I don't need this general with her uh, troops and the other. I like the guy being the, you know, having gone back and been a movie star, we should have ended it there. So I could have gotten more time with the other people I liked. Timely was a really fun performance, especially after having seen He Who Remains as He Who Remains, having seen him as Kang in Quantumania, right? Getting this version of it. I liked it, but I thought his Chicago episode was a little too slapsticky, run around, do all these different things. So I felt like there was a, a lot of different, you know, spaghetti strands of storylines through this that in the end for me left me going, okay. And Cortez. I think this show kind of meandered a bit too much for me in the beginning episodes, but I was still enjoying them because of the characters and because just, I, I disagree with Greg is like the beginning episodes. I felt a lot of that humor between Loki and, uh, and Mobius. And I just love watching them fart around and just trying to figure out exactly what the mystery is of this place and trying to figure out exactly how we, how we can solve this problem that we're dealing with. And then I think the show ended on three of the strongest episodes that the MCU has ever put out. I, you know, when episode four hit, um, ending with that amazing, you know, little cliffhanger. And then episode five got stronger and episode six was even better. I think thematically talking about Loki, you know, controlling your destiny and, you know, you can sort of control your own future you don't have to just let things happen these the emotional beats with owen wilson and, and his character of mobius and his family i i enjoyed seeing all these sides from characters that i just wasn't super used to seeing and in here uh the mobius character like definitely got me um very very sad in moments but i will say that uh is it a wig i don't know wigging out with scarpino <laughs> Dude, it was so bad. I was like, D, get in here. Look at the fucking dead goat they got on Owen Wilson's head. Really dude. bummed me it out, It was Nick. so bad. Because I thought his hair looked phenomenal in season one. I got to assume maybe he grew it out. Because in season one, it looked natural. He, I think did, it was so, he must hair. be doing another movie, yeah. Uh, really bummed me out. But aside from that, I thought the performances were amazing. And uh, I thought Tom Hiddleston was, this is the strongest he's ever been uh, as an actor in the MCU. And just delivered a, gar a gargantuan performance. Every hair flip made him more Every powerful. Every hair flip got him stronger. Those are just so tight, too. Uh, Impossibly tight. And, and and all the way up to the creative ways of dealing with, uh, with their problem and still making fun of it. The centuries later scene got a good chuckle that out of me. That was great, yeah. Um, the... Sylvie with the music on and the strand. Like, god damn, this... this this is like the closest to a perfect show that the MCU can make. And I, I'm very, very happy with the journey. And the way it ended was just like extremely sad, but amazing and perfectly done. Nick Scarpino. 
Um, I liked it. I liked the the first two episodes. I liked the last two episodes especially. Um, I felt like the show really, really dragged in the middle, and I think the Victor Timely stuff was uh, for me. For me, if I hadn't had to watch this work, I think I probably would have wa stopped watching it after episode three. Actually, probably about five minutes into him on stage talking about the loom. I, I thought that was the worst performance I've seen in a really, really long time. And that the choices he made with the delivery of that put me off so much that it was causing me anxiety to the point where I had to pause it multiple times and leave the room, which is crazy because at the end of it, when he's he who remains, I, I was like, oh, that's great. We're back to him playing this character how I think it should be played. Um, and obviously that's open to interpretation for the actor, but I just felt like a lot of that got in its own way. Um, and I'll disagree with Greg. I think this was too long. Uh, I think it was the same criticism I have for a lot of these shows, which I just wish they just had two fewer episodes or they could do what the, uh, the BBC does where it's like three long episodes. So it feels like a longer movie because there's so much in here, but there's multiple scenes where I wish I'm like, I just find myself doing this. I'm like, cut right there, cut right there. We're all, we're why are we still in this scene? Why are we still hashing out the same conversation over and over again before? Driving the same point home. With yeah, this, okay, with this, like those, those are real strands, those are real strands. I'm like, when you keep telling me the same thing over and over again, it, it loses a lot of the tension. And I think they were able to build it and have a lot of that quirkiness, but quirkiness and all of like the stuff with uh, OB and all that stuff was so good, but it it's in some scenes, it just outstays its welcome just a little too long. And I really do think that a lot of that was like, we've got to make these episodes, we got to hit this time frame for these episodes, um, or at least it felt that way, where I wish they could have done like a 20 minute episode, a 40 minute episode, an hour episode, and then been done. See, you mean are actually aligned, because my point wasn't that I felt like, oh, this was too short. I felt like they were putting so much stuff in that I wasn't getting enough time with what I wanted. I'm yeah. with you that it was like, yeah, like I'm with you. The things that I thought were okay or whatever just stayed around too long. Too long. Overstay the welcome. Uh, I loved, and I wish we had more of the moments where we got to see everyone in their real life. Those things I was like, oh, this could have been, this reminds me a lot of like Walking Dead or these moments where we get these flashbacks and we see the characters and what they actually sacrifice. Because to me, if you tell me, hey, well, you, you got pulled from your real life, that's not as impactful as Owen Wilson with his two boys being like or selling the jet skis which are it was just absolutely hilarious right when we all saw it coming we're like yeah. this guy likes jet skis so much he must have been a, a personal watercraft salesman but then seeing him with the kids and, and and feeling that love between those two i'm like oh i understand what he's sacrificing now because you're showing me you're not just telling me what's going on same with all of those characters same with ob same way when he comes with the book and he's like she's like stop trying to put your own book on the shelf i'm like that's the saddest thing ever and that's such a great character building moment um but other than that i mean i this this show is worth watching. Just turn the volume down and just worth watching. It is one of the most beautifully filmed shows that I think I've ever seen on a streaming platform, just from the literal production design, from the color grading, from the color choices. And that's same with, uh, you know, the first season, but season two, man, like the last shot of Owen Wilson that looks like a 1970s Polaroid or still that has been like baking in the sun for the last 20 years is so nostalgic and so beautifully done that I found myself rewinding it and watching it over and over again just to see just the colors that were in it and how controlled that palette was. So I, I enjoyed a lot of elements of this and, and specifically a lot of the sci-fi elements. Uh, I just didn't love the moments in the middle that felt kind of out of place and a little slapsticky um, like Andy was talking about. But beyond that, yeah, banger of a season. And that was you. I love it. This is a close to, the, like Andy was saying, like a perfect MCU TV show. This is top tier MCU for me. Like this is so, so, so high up there. Like top 10 for sure, debatably top five for me. I feel like Ooh. for many of the issues that I had, and I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of the criticism, but I feel like I had those criticisms in the moment watching it, but by the time it ended, I was like, I'm so happy. 100%. We revisited the same dialogue over and over and over because it really gave reference and uh, reference point to all the characters' arcs. And the way that this show dealt with the immediacy of the uh, what happened after season one of the show and all the characters are in a different place, but the, the arcs of everybody having to deal with what's it mean to be? Like even all the way to Miss Minutes being this AI of like, is she in control of things or are things in control of her? And what does that mean? Mobius, who doesn't want to know his old life because he's just happy doing what he's doing. Sylvie, who has simultaneously just killed he who remains, but also has now been living this life for we don't even know how long in this world where she has been able to separate herself from Loki, just living. And, and she finally can stop running from apocalypses and all this. Like 
the way that they built on all that and then add Loki on top of it all and him literally becoming a god, like a, a, another a type of god. And the, the slower moments in the middle of going to the, the World Fair and stuff and Victor Timely, like Victor Timely's, or, um, uh, Jonathan Major's performance of Victor Timely, yeah, it's nails on the chalkboard. It's like cringy as hell and it's just not, it's not fun to watch and the stuttering and everything. But then by the time at the end, he has lines where he's not stuttering and that feels like it's a moment for him to like say stuff and like to be brave and to go be out. Brave. It's just like, dude, like they, they earned it for me. All the things I didn't like, I'm like, cool, this works. And um, I can't believe the level of production design, the level of music, all of that stuff is so much better than most things that we've seen on the Disney Plus shows. Um, uh, we always talk about the iconography of the MCU, the spaghettification look, they did it. They have a new thing that they earned and every time they did, I was like, this looks incredible. And yeah, it, it is kind of awkward to a million times be like, yeah, these lines are people. And you're like, all right, I get it. But to have those lines and then actually go back in time and see what the lives are and understand what they are, I thought that was so well done. And the cast that this show has is so strong. The new characters in this season I thought were incredible. Obviously, um, Obi was so, so, so good. Um, and of course, Rafael Casal, uh, who I love from Blind Spotting, and he's a Bay Area boy. He was incredible throughout the whole thing, too. But where I didn't, when the season started, I was like, Loki was one of my favorite MCU projects before season one. I was like, I loved it. Season two, enjoying it so far, but it's not quite living up. It could, but it's not quite living up. And I don't think it's going to have a moment like season one had where Loki fights Elias, the, the big smoke monster thing. And it's like, this is one of the most epic things I've ever seen. And then this season delivered that with the end where I'm like, damn, this is so good. And the, the directors have said that like they really look at this as like the second half to the first season in the same way like Last of Us Part Two was like the second half of Last of Us. And with that context, I'm like, they freaking nailed this storyline with the TVA and all of it. I love where it ended. I love that week to week I was theorizing what could happen and I was wrong 90% of the time and what they had to give me was even better than what I thought. So damn impressed with this shit. I think Tom Hiddleston's Loki is, he already was, but he now definitively is like a top tier comic book character that is up there with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and oh, uh, sure. Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Iron mm -hmm. Man. But like this Loki is absolutely incredible and the fact that when they first announced this show and it's like loki just died like we, why would the fuck would we care about this character that you're taking away all the actual development you're like you're leaving him after the bad movies they fucking turned this into one of my favorite characters ever i am so damn impressed with this i thing. saw i saw a great meme that said uh damn loki has to sit uh at the end of time holding all these uh loki had to become the loom himself because hulk decided to hulk had to take the stairs yeah in Avengers Endgame. Like, all yeah. of that led to this um i i'm totally with you tim like there are so many moments that i may have not been enjoying but the episode always wrapped up really nice and neatly for me i will say around episode three was probably the episode three is probably my the lowest point me for too. me where yeah. um i am kind of wondering oh, what are we doing i'm not having a lot of faith in this product this seems to be like another fumble that's about to happen that we're watching in real time. Um, and I think just like the end goal of the whole crew made me not care at all about Sylvie and Loki's relationship. Like I didn't care that there was no longer a romance. It felt natural. It felt like enough time had gone by and every once in a while, you know, they would look at each other and, and sort of have these close moments with each other. But I knew like they knew and I knew that this wasn't going to ever be a thing and I'm okay with it. And I didn't really uh, have a problem with the lack of relationship or love interest, you know? And and even with the, the low point of episode three of being the world fair and the Victor Timely introduction, all that stuff, like the moment of Mobius and Loki, like looking at like the Norse mythology and Loki not being a part of it, like all of that, like felt weird in the moment. But then when you get to the end, I'm just like, damn, the stuff that I thought was weird, it, it kind of pays off and it, I feel really is backed by the the crux of loki and sylvie do not agree and they didn't agree at the end of season one and uh at the end of it of, of loki essentially sacrificing everything and then like everything he learned that he wanted which was this fear of losing his friends he gave it all up for sylvie like in, in many ways and like the final lines of him being like you know like like i, I do this for you whatever it's like god damn dude so good pretty yeah. good show see for me i like that i like a lot of those i, I think the sci-fi elements the time elements the sort of Groundhog Day-esque stuff that they're doing in this, that that really worked for me. And I love that that we get 
the, the one thing that I think some of these other shows are missing, which is just kind of a really surprising conclusion, right? We were told the entire time, they do a really great job of saying like, dude, you, you've got it. We, we can beat this thing. We can beat this thing. We can beat this thing. And then you're given the red herring of like, no, you can't. You're going to have to kill Sylvie. And then he's like, no, there's a third way. I can figure that out. And to me, that's very, that's validating. And that, that feels like earned. So by the time we get to the end of it and he's sitting on that throne, it's sad, but it's, and it's bittersweet, but it works. Uh, I'm also going to give a massive shout out to whoever decided to make the air tube that goes into the suit like so fucking three, so three meters long in diameter. It was so awesome. What a great, like all that totally. stuff was so rad. And like all the retro futurism, all that stuff. stuff works so well. And it's funny because one of the, um, uh, his name is Mobius, right? Who was also, I believe, an artist who did a lot of like the concept work for like Alien and a lot of those, like his, that's his style. Like the original Mobius artist, I'm sure he took his name from wherever Mobius comes from. I don't know if it's like mythology or whatever, but it's funny because because looking at that, I'm like, that looks like the style of like those those old school alien designs, like for the ships and all, and the suits, like the big hulking, bulky suits. So I'm wondering if they're paying like homage to that at all. But that whole thing of having to run out and like that, the visuals of all that stuff. I'm like, this is the coolest part of any MCU show that I've ever seen. Uh, oh, Mobius it's a Mobius ship. Yeah, it's okay. That makes sense. I, I think the biggest Honest victory for the show was having me care about this timeline splitting branching all throwing all these like sci-fi terms i'm just like ah this is kind of just becoming noise Mumbo at this Jumbo, point yeah. and the like getting me to care about that without having to show me tony stark or having to show me or include some cameo or whatever like this show stands alone on its own this show you don't I think that's the most impressive part about it is like I'm expecting some sort of big ass cameo at the end and we don't get it and I'm not disappointed. It, it's similar to another shows where you're like, oh man, I really thought we may have seen Professor X pop up here or or Cyclops or whatever the fuck. Like, no, we didn't need any of that here. It's like this show, this story and these characters and this writing is good enough to stand alone on its own without help from the rest of the MCU. See, not the cameos. That's not where I'm driving at it. But for me, they failed at making me care about the other timelines where it was a lot of being told, like we've already said, like, oh, those are people, those are people. And then when we did get to go visit the people we already knew in their variant form living their lives, again, I didn't think we hung out with them long enough. So it's like getting in there, losing them, doing the thing, doing it. Sylvie listens to the music, which I thought she immediately got hit way too hard by. To, I thought she should have sat with that a second before immediately giving into it. But then he gets disappeared, and people are just getting disappeared left and right. Owen Wilson and his kids didn't resonate with me at all when he was at the house because the kids were shitty and granted kids are shitty. That's fine. But it was when he starts freaking out in the, you know, their little tower or their little fucking meeting room. And he's, he's like, like, I gotta say goodbye. I gotta say, I gotta, like, running, yeah. that worked for me, but I, I, and I needed more of that. Otherwise, like I was very much like, I don't care about any of these timelines. I don't know what's going on with them. They keep coming. They keep going. The people who go to them come back to help us to do the thing. It's just like that, that is hard. It's really, really hard to build overarching tension with like the fate of infinity like infinity is not a thing that anyone can really comprehend. And therefore there for me is no tension of uh, you're destroying all these timelines. I'm like, who cares? There's cool. an infinite there's number, an infinite but that's if you're, why if that, you're destroying I, these timelines at an infinite level. There's an infinite number of timelines. It's going to happen forever. Who gives a flying dick, right? That's why I think the, uh, they were smart. And the thing that I cared about at the end was that conflict where he's like, am I going to kill Sylvie? Like, do I have to kill her? Yeah, that was cool. That was that's great. the only thing I really cared about. Everything else. Like all oh, those timelines are people I'm like, I, and that's back to the thing, right? Of like, yeah, when, when they, when Loki has to go back and fight he who remains and we're back in that moment and it's the I mean, we have we had this conversation before and did it like oh this is so fucking good this I like that so I love that good. I wanted more of that than the stuff I had got him yeah him learning how to master time him learning all the things that he needed like Loki sorry like to 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 become the time god at the end of the at the end of time or whatever that stuff that stuff was great because it wasn't heavy handed it was just like he was over this course of six episodes figuring out how to do that and then boom they hit you with like oh this is the answer he's got to go and do that and i love i like that back and forth him and jonathan majors where he's like oh so good he's like wait have we had this and he's like touche and it's the back and forth and like Mm. this little stuff and all that stuff i thought that was really fun to play with and i'm also just sucker for you know again andy if we're in groundhog's day we learn how to play piano and then we surprised him. And I he's like, it. did you guys just learn how to play piano? It took us eight years. Yeah, we've been but centuries. Yeah. We're, here. We're here now. I love all that stuff. I feel like I'm going to be talking about the finale of this show for so long. Yeah. But like, I just feel like it is just impeccably paced where it starts off with the Groundhog Day stuff of the quick, 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 do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And then the second half of the episode is just 
We're going to take our goddamn time. He's going to walk slower than anyone's ever walked down a thing, and he's going to grab every branch. And um, Eric Voss was the one saying this on Twitter, but it's like, we all understood what was happening, even though it is like the most abstract thing of all time, but they just, they earned that shit. And him sitting on the throne, throwing his cape of timelines around him, and that final shot of the, the loom turning from horizontal to vertical, and it's the fucking, I don't know how to Eagles say it, tree. Yeah. tree, it's like, <clears throat> y'all nailed it, man. Like, yeah. it, this is like one of the first MCU projects ever that uh, I didn't want a post-credit scene. I was like, you, you did it. You know, like the week before going in, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if this happened, if this happened. When it ended, I was like, just end. Same. And like, y'all earned this I, shit. I, I told you the next day, I, I turned on Invincible right after and got about 10 minutes in. I was like, nah, nah it's not the right time. Like, I'm, I'm okay with this being the last media that I consume tonight. Uh, and and going a bit back to just like, you know, these multiple timelines, I... I've largely felt that way about a lot of this multiversal saga that it's it's so hard to care because you're not sure what's canon and what's like the real thing that you should be caring about. And again, I'm just kind of surprised that I did care this much. And I think it's just a credit to the writers for framing it in a way that made it make sense. Like it, the the Sylvie music scene totally worked for me. And I, I, it really was that guy running after and being like, Sylvia, like, that's what kind of put everything into context for me, where largely it was just kind of noise up until that point. And who knows if I'll care about whatever happens with the multiversal saga in the future, or if that even continues at this point. But like, I, I think they just, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsors. But when we're back, it's plot time. This episode's brought to you by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep because I just can't stop thinking. My brain just won't stop talking. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. One second. Every Loki Welcome to Loki Season 2, everybody. As you know, for the seasonal shows, we read off the Wikipedia and go through it episode by episode for your amusement. How wild is the wiki for this one? I haven't looked at it, but is it like, is there a lot of words? Ah, uh, no, they they did a good job of doing the usual paragraph breakdown. Go, go, just because, like, there, there's so much, even to explain the show simply, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> yeah, I noticed uh, it was that thing where I watched, I think, one and two with Jen, and then I watched everything except the finale without her. So catching her up on it, it was very much in the weeds of explaining what was going on, right? Uh, we start with episode number one, Ouroboros, a.k.a. Obi. In the past... The Time Variance Authority, the TVA, attempts to apprehend Loki while he is uncontrollably warping across time in their headquarters. In the present, Loki reunites with Mobius, M. Mobius, and warns him of a threat posed by the many variants of He Who Remains, the TVA's creator. Concurrently, TVA General Dox has several TVA hunters arm themselves ostensibly to find Sylvie, who caused the sacred timeline to branch after killing He Who Remains. Loki and Mobius meet TVA technicians Obi. What a uh, great little just back and forth here. This is like immediately I'm back in. Maybe I don't, you know, again, we've all kind of felt all we've oh. all we've all kind of felt like the MCU fatigue and I'm not necessarily looking forward to Loki season 2 just after a lot of kind of just stuff that has underwhelmed me and immediately we get Owen Wilson being like, "Yeah, it's it, uh, it's your friend. What 
oh, of course. What's what's your name? You know, like like he's like I stayed a long time, right? You left immediately. Okay, <laughs> right. They're back, they're back and forth. Oh, the rest just, of the guys, it's just me. It's just so good here. I love this. Ob, yeah, of course. Ob, <laughs> what does that stand for? Like, yeah, so good. Yeah, I really appreciated uh, even before this the I guess red herring maybe or whatever. It, this this show didn't start the way I thought it was going to. When Loki season one ended right and we got the thing and we saw the Kang and Mobius didn't know Loki, I was like, oh, he's in another timeline. He's jumped this thing, da 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 To get here and have it be, no, no, you've gone to the past and the future is where you're from and there's been a mind wipe for everybody but OB because everybody forgot about OB or whatever. I was like, oh, this is a neat way to start Nuts, this. Nuts, man. Right? Yeah, like, really the, cool. Because, like, yeah, the way season one ended and, like, the when we see this one started, like, even, like, Loki running and, and that, this, I just love it. Yeah, it's yeah. a circle. It really was like, oh, wow. Sometimes the simplest answer is the, the right one. Like, we theorized so many different things of what the Kang statues meant and it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's just it's just the past. It's the same no. place to the past, yeah. Um, uh, Loki and Mobius meet TVA technician OB, who deduces that Loki is time slipping, a phenomenon poss possibly caused uh -huh, by branching uh -huh. timelines, dangerously overloading the temporal loom. To save Loki, OB instructs Mobius to approach the temporal loom with the temporal aura extractor device to extract Loki from the same from the time stream as Loki prunes himself. Loki time slips to the future. Is loom a word? Yeah. Loom, yeah, loom. So they make fabric. Fruit of the Loom. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's why it's taking all the threads and putting yeah, it in one thread. Stupid. I'm stupid. Loki time slips to the future where the TVA is being evacuated the as the Loom goes critical. He encounters Sylvie before he is pruned by someone at the last minute. In the present, Mobius successfully pulls Loki from the time stream and they set out to find Sylvie. Fruit on the Loom or of the Fruit Loom? Fruit of the Loom. Of the Loom. Damn, I thought and it was the, on the Loom. In that case, you get it, right? You get it? Because like, the, it. the Loom is the bearing loom. fruit. It'd be the clothes. Oh, but it's also holding Holy you. shit. It's also holding your grapes. It's all holding your grapes, man. <laughs> no, this is the song. We need the song music now. <laughs> uh, in a mid-credit scene, Sylvie enters a branch timeline in Broxton, Oklahoma, 1982, and visits a McDonald's restaurant. Fuck yeah. I love it, man. Like seeing the old McDonald's is like this only had a farm. Uh no, fantastic stuff. Like if you're gonna do like this is how you put us in a place in time where it's just like, yeah, remember the shit? I do. Vaguely. Man, I McDonald's. Fucking great branding. Every time they came back to it, I was like, I need to order some nuggets <laughs> right dude, now. For real. Dude, every time. For real. So what is it about the design of those things, yeah. man? I would like to have gone. They did a couple pop-ups where they made it look like the old McDonald's. I would like to have gone. Uh, nice. This season, uh, th this episode ending with uh, him getting pruned, but we don't know who it's by. Such a great theory point. Like such a great like cliffhanger thing. Yes. I'm just like, what's going on? And then like the reveal. Oh, it's just good. It's, <laughs> it's just so fucking good. good. Very Nolan-esque. Episode 2, Breaking Brad. Loki, Mobius, <laughs> and Hunter B-15 find and capture Hunter X-5 in London, 1977, on the Sacred Timeline, where he lives as film actor Brad Wolf. Under interrogation, he admits to abandoning Doc's mission and reveals Sylvie's location. Meanwhile, uh, OB attempts to repair the loom to safely accommodate the branching timelines, but discovers he cannot access it without the help of the missing Miss Minutes or he who remains his aura. Loki, Mobius, and Wolf travel to Oklahoma and find Sylvie working in a McDonald's. Loki tells her of the encounter in the TVA's future and asks for her assistance to figure out what would happen. There are several moments with this Brad character, Brad, that just kind of, as they are looking and adventuring for this dude, it was so hard to not feel like this show is... Doctor Who, where this is just like another episode where they're after some guy and it's not at all integral to the bigger plot of things. Like, it was so hard for me to be like, this is an important thing, Andy. This isn't just like a random episode of like, there go Loki and Mobius on their <laughs> random adventures. It it just felt kind of odd and out of place. I don't know why. I love the action scene, though. Uh, Loki with the shadow fight. I was going to say, I, I don't want to breeze past that. That, yeah, that stuff was on. cool. But this is another example of times that I wish they had trimmed a little bit of it. Because we get a chase scene where they just chase each other around corridors for a little bit too long. And there's not really anything that goes anywhere. There's, a lot, there's multiple moments here where they're just running a lot. And you're like, I feel like we're starting to pad time out a little bit. But I'll disagree with you, Andy, because I love those episodes of like Star Trek when they'd go to the planet dressed as whatever it was. Just oh, to no. Out no the I'm bottle not, episode, but it did feel like a bottle it's, episode. It's not what right? I wanted from here, but yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, to yeah. me, that I'm the opposite, though. I wanted more of that. I think that I think a lot of these shows' emotional cores are those dynamics between the characters because I didn't like this character, this this X80, what is it? X, X5. 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 
Uh, I didn't right, like yeah. the character. I didn't particularly care for his like uh, portrayal where he was like the security guard. I love his and, line delivery. I was like, this guy could be a funny I, guy in anything. <laughs> I see. I'm the opposite because I feel like his humor didn't work while he was at the TVA. But then when we go here, I'm like, oh, you've made him a little bit more interesting because he's a sympathetic character. This guy's life kind of sucked before where he just had to be this guy that killed people all the time. And now he gets to be a movie star in the 70s. That's pretty cool. And like, so I, I was like, that's this is starting to this is when it started to open up for me. I was like, oh, we're going to go other places with this. In stark contrast, when we went back to his team and all those people that were like the kind of bad guys who were like, oh, let's prune everything. I didn't really care too much about them. But Not that's when it started kind of getting lost for me. Yeah, except when he murdered all of them, bro. Well, that was, but see, that was shocking and, I, and awesome was, and crazy. And it's that thing where I feel like that was like all they were really building to with them. Yeah. For that moment. Or they were fodder. I, know, yeah, right. I thought they built it well. But Sylvie refuses to involve herself with the organization. After Wolf proclaims the group is in mortal danger, Sylvie enchants him, forcing him to reveal Dox's plan to simultaneously destroy the branching timelines and reset ch with reset charges. Sending Wolf back into custody, Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie capture Dox, but her plan has largely succeeded, and some of the loyalists have escaped. As TVA receptionist Casey tracks the rogue uh, Renslayer's tempad on one of the remaining branching timelines, Sylvie declares that the TVA is rotten and returns to McDonald's with he who remains tempad in her possession. Get some more nugs. <laughs> I loved seeing Sylvie enchant him and like him like walking like acting like her with the, yeah, the yeah. dagger thing. It was like this is freaking awesome. It's one of those things like I understand sort of where she was driving towards at the end with her logic, but the concept of like I'm not gonna deal with any of this. When he's like, hey, if you don't, everything will be explode around you. And like this life that you like right now is going to go away no matter what you want. Like that that felt that started wearing a little thin toward the end. Um, until she said the line like who some things maybe are meant to just get be destroyed. Yeah. Like I didn't quite grasp that she was just like, Yeah, I'm gonna live this out until it all fucking blows up. It could be tomorrow, it could be two years from now. I don't care. I'm tired of dealing with this stuff. But that was I didn't I don't I don't think I personally came to that conclusion until like six episodes in. So when, when he's like, you got to come with me, she was like, no, I'm like, why wouldn't you? You're smart enough to understand, like, either it's all or nothing here. I mean, well, because I think that's her whole arc from season one, right? Like, getting her to the point of, like, her being like, no, like, I want, I don't want to run anymore. Like, I yeah. want control. I've been, I've been living in apocalypses for, yeah. you know, an eternity at this point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Episode 3, 1893. Miss we Minutes. start with an awesome MCU intro here, where it's the old-time oh, yeah, the old yeah. studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was so right. good. Miss Minutes and Renslayer travel to Chicago, 1868, to secretly drop the TVA from. handbook, that's right, to a young Victor Timely. We all honor this day every time. Uh, a variant wow. of He Who Remains, who had arranged his, this before his death. Uh, they then travel to the 1893 Chicago World Fair on the Branch Timeline, where Loki and Mobius arrive, tracking Renslayer's Tempad, and see Timely presenting his temporal loom prototype. Timely then has four groups chasing him, Loki and Mobius, who needed his aura to fix the loom, Renslayer and Miss Minutes, who want, to take, uh, want him to take his variant's place with them at his side, Sylvie, who wants to kill him to prevent his rise to power, and a robber baron and his allies wanting revenge against Timely's fake invention scam. Miss Minute's looking real sinister. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that he's a con artist. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. That was great. I thought that was a great little like, like switch up for me. He was, like, oh, he was like, oh, this thing doesn't work at all. I was like, oh, that's kind of smart. <laughs> and I love this whole plan of dropping the book through the window, getting to see that, and then jump ahead to have the after effects of that. Oh, so I'm much of the, for time travel. the Ouroboros stuff of like the snake eating its own tail thing, but the, the concept of Victor Timely and OB both kind of helping each other create the TVA. Insane. That was great. So yeah, yeah, cool. when they both well, nerd out about it. Yeah. Is that is that the, more, the Mobius strip? Is that what that means, I assume? Or that there is no beginning, no end? That's yeah. like the time loop. No, that's right? Ouroboros. That's Ouroboros. What's more recent? I'll look it up. No, the the Mobius uh, strip is, the, is what you're talking about, where it's it's like a circle, but it's flipped when well, it that, connects. But, yeah, but that's not... Well, I mean, I, I, what's the yeah. difference then between Ouroboros and Mobius strip? Because Ouroboros is like the snake eating its own tail. 
Yeah, oh, like, no, yeah, so yeah, that's At the same thing. At this time then. of year, in this cool. part of the country, localized in your kitchen. What's that from? Simpsons. Oh. Uh, timely abandons uh, Renslayer for proposing a partnership. He hates partnerships. He said this, and everybody's flirting with each other. You know, Miss Minutes. She was fucking him. Oh yeah. Uh, at Timely's Wisconsin laboratory, he turns Miss Minutes off after she professes romantic love for him. Renslayer, Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie arrive with Sylvie gaining control. Sylvie allows Loki to take Timely back to the TVA, then sends Renslayer to the Citadel at the end of time with Miss Minutes being brought along. They see he who remains is decaying corpse as Miss Minutes reveals that she knows a secret. So awesome. The reveal that time is now moving at the end of time is fucking cool as hell. Uh, In the chat, Bandersen says the Ouroboros is more mythical. The Mobius strip is scientific. Love that. Episode four, Heart of the TVA. Miss Minutes reveals that in the past, Renslayer commanded he who remains his army. He proposed to lead the TVA with Renslayer, then had Miss Minutes erase the memories of Renslayer and the other TVA employees. As the temporal loom reaches catastrophic failure, Loki Say that five is, times fast, huh? Temporal loom. Temporal as the loom. temporal loom temporal reaches loom. catastrophic failure, before, Loki, before you move on, though, I love this this Renslayer situation of like the reveal that she is like one of the generals in the multiverse war and how this is all set up. Like, I love with where we end here, and because everything like time is not in sequence and all that shit. Like the end of the series, when we see her, when Elioth like comes at her, we don't know what's happening there. Like, it could literally be her taming Elioth there because like taming Elioth is kind of what allows the control which is like what like Loki taming last season allowed him to like learn a lot of this stuff um didn't really feel like she was in danger in that mo- like yeah well, I think we're supposed to feel like oh here comes Elioth he's gonna eat her and then it was like oh shit what's happening <laughs> no and what, what's cool about that is like there's a potential with how this works that the multiversal war they're talking about is the one that we're building too which is sick yeah as the temporal loom reaches catastrophic failure, <laughs> Loki and his allies attempt to use Timely and Ob's uh, thorough put multiplier to f- multiplier to fix it. Ob reveals that the source of his knowledge is Timely himself in an ontogonal so paradox. Lo- I loved it. Renslayer and Miss Minutes attempt to take over the TVA, approaching the, detain- the detained Wolf, Docs, and her loyalists for help. Only Wolf agrees. Docs and her loyalists instead choose to be crushed to death by Miss Minutes. Wolf As she like, like smiles, like clapping. This minutes look looked him. insane Fuck in this moment. It was terrifying. Wolf pr- Wolf prunes Hunter D ninety and kidnaps Timely after their weird hot chocolate exchange. You you have a machine that makes cocoa. Mm. Uh, while staging a rescue, Sylvie and Loki encounter his time slipping past self. Loki prunes awesome. his past self. Ob deactivates Miss Minutes and the TVA's magic suppressing devices. This enables Sylvie to enchant Wolf. When Obi deactivates Miss Minutes and she's like dying. And she goes like super like old. You'll never be him. Oh my God. I I, want to say real quick that uh, uh, what this show does, I think really expertly well and almost as good as the first season and the only season of Watchmen on HBO where, you know, in episode one, we see Loki get pruned. You're like, what the fuck's going on there? And then them bringing that back and just like having that satisfying feeling of watching and being like, oh, man, they thought of this, dude. They're they're smarter (laughs) than me. Of course they know what they're doing. Of course we're going to watch him get, we're going to watch him prune another version of himself. This is so good. I love it. I mean, technically, when they started using the loom, they were smarter than you, right? I mean, just by using, knowing the word. Did you know the fruit is on it? (laughs) This enables Sylvie to enchant Wolf, controlling him to prune Renslayer. Rescued, Timely restores access to the loom, but when he approaches the loom, the increased temporal radiation spaghettifies him before the thorough put multiplayer can be launched. The temporal loom explodes, and the blast wave spreads towards Loki, Mobius, Sylvie, B-15, Casey, and OB in the TVA. What a fucking moment. Didn't see it coming. I loved it so much. Time to be brave. Everyone's like, what? Dude, and th- this, is, this is the week-to-week type stuff here. Where that whole happened, everyone's like, we got two episodes left of this shit. What the fuck are they going to do? Dude, and honestly, in that moment, I thought Marvel had taken a hard pivot and been like, hey, all the rumors you were reading about us no longer going forward with the multiversal war, you're right. Like, it's ending here. I thought that, like, this was them saying... All of that's going away. We're doing something. We're totally hard pivoting to like X-Men or mutants or whatever the hell. Like this moment was awesome as hell and got me really excited. And and it was also this moment where everybody was like, oh, yeah, by the way, that five out of ten that IGN gave the show, it was based on episodes one through four. And I was like, wow, that's 
five out of ten. That's great. I think it was a four out of ten. Uh, I was like, that's kind of crazy. That's real low. <laughs> like, that's not a great score for what I'm really feeling right now. Like, especially at the end of episode four, I think for any of the stuff you may not have been interested in in episode two and three, I think it just ends so strongly that you're excited for more. And uh, yeah, th those those scores were kind of shocking for me. Yeah, it was definitely like, Shock. where are they going to go from here? That was a cliffhanger that I was very interested in. Specifically because I didn't like that timely character so much that once they killed him, I was like, oh, maybe he just won't come back. <laughs> Dude, him getting killed. And I'm very excited about the that. The build up to him, like the be brave and he walks out, just it was like. That was great. Didn't see that coming. Was really really didn't see that coming. Yeah. And when the, the shit takes over everybody and like you just see Loki get like everyone get overwhelmed, but Loki get overwhelmed and it just cuts to black and it just sits on black for a second. And then the credits start. I was like, y'all are good. Why are you looking at pictures of Beast? Why what you gotta ruin my jokes before they happen? <laughs> no, it was a five. It was a five for Magic. You're a piece of shit. I'm gonna come to your next comedy thing and memorize all your jokes. You're never gonna come to my next He's gonna say something about San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> you're never gonna come to another one of my comedy shows. Uh, episode five, science slash fiction. Loki survives the explosion, but everyone else has vanished in the TVA headquarters. Spaghettifies. Loki escapes as he begins time slipping again, taking him to branch timelines where his friends, Mobius, Hunter B-15, Casey, and OB were reset to their original lives as Don, Dr. Verti Willis, Frank Morris, and Dr. A.D. Doug, respectively. This is awesome. Season one had it with the, I forget the name, the guy with the, in the, the plane with the money. Kevin, you can help me here. Uh, D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. Cooper. Then bringing all that stuff back and all the other T TV agents that were like, kind of know, but kind of don't know. It's I was like, going to say Booker T. Like, that was one of the dudes that escaped Alcatraz that went missing. That was cool. Come on, that was man. Cool. What a great use of this thing. Yeah. See, this is what I was doing. All right. We don't know what Greg can't see. It's too small. You're a psychopath. You have great eyesight. I do. <laughs> Great dick site too. <laughs> Fruit of the loom. <laughs> Wanting to time slip. I love that I just got airdropped a picture from Greg. Oh God, no. Oh, well, <laughs> something didn't happen, right? Oh yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. Okay. It's Beast. <laughs> Why is his hand like that? Right we there. got him. We What's got he doing him. with his hand? They got you, Tim. Wanting to wanting to time slip to before the explosion. Loki enlists Doug's help. Do it, Doug. Uh, with Loki unable to control his time slipping, Doug proposes Loki gather gather everyone present at the at the explosion back together so that the their co collective temporal aura can send them back to the right time and place. Doug builds a, a temp pad using a TVA handbook that Loki kept. I loved this joke of the thing opens and he comes on. You did that fast. Well, I wouldn't call it 18 months, 19 months fast. <laughs> my wife left me. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> uh, Loki succeeds in ga gathering everyone else to Doug's workshop, except Sylvie, who, is remain who has retained her memories. Refusing to help, Sylvie makes Loki admit his true motivation. He wants his friends back and fears being alone. When everything in Sylvie's timeline spaghettifies, she goes to help Loki. However, Doug's workshop also spaghettifies, as do Frank, Doug, Don, Willis, and Sylvie. Loki finally controls his time slipping by focusing on a person, declaring that he can rewrite the story. Loki time slips to before the explosion by focusing on Obi. Cody Rhodes. Finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> Great episode. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I is this this is the record sequence yeah. one, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's just another. You know, of course, you've been watching these amazing sets and these great shots, and it's not lost on you, but you're still kind of more concentrated on the plot. And in this moment, I'm like, man, these guys are just these are artists, like doing work right now. And that sequence in that record shop, I thought was just so beautifully done and scary and unsettling and yeah they they kicked ass with it moving on to the final episode six glorious purpose loki time slips to the moment before the temporal looms explosion which is the name of episode one as well which is super cool oh i thought it was yeah i thought it was the name of episode six of season one. Oh, maybe that too I mean, that's, Lord, that's correct episode one is uh ouroboros of season one got it Sorry, wait, is this the episode or the episode before where the intro plays itself backward? That's this one. That's this one. Yeah! That was dope. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Loki time slips to the moment of the explosion. Despite his attempts, the loom always fails to accommodate the infinite branches. Loki slips to the moment before Sylvie kills he who remains. 
who tells Loki that the loom is a failsafe. Overloading it protects the sacred timeline by deleting the branches along with the TVA. Inception. He who remains suggests Loki kill Sylvie to save the loom, which Loki rejects. After consulting Mobius and Sylvie at different moments in time, Loki replaces Timely in in approaching the loom. Loki destroys the loom, magically rejuvenates the dying timelines by re- and rearranges them into a tree-like structure, committing himself to oversee the branches alone at the end of time. The TVA now tracks he who remains variants across the growing branches, with Mobius reporting one variant being stopped at Earth 616's adjacent realm. How funny is it that like what we watched in the finale is just described as like you know, Loki walks towards the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that was the fucking coolest we, thing we, I've ever seen. I, I witnessed art and experienced emotions I didn't know I had, and Greg read two sentences. Yeah. Like, goddamn, um, man. Yeah. I mean, I loved that back and forth, this little cat and mouse game between he and he who remains, between him and he who remains. And those conversations are so interesting and awesome. And, oh, you've done this before. Well, how many times have you done this before? Like, God damn. That, all that the stuff centuries bit, the, so everything we cool. said already. Cool. We talked about this, but to bring it back up of how great this episode is. But dude, him walking out and like his clothes getting ripped off and then it just starts turning into like a more classic look. The horns come out and the horns are made of the, I forget the name of it. It's the, the Japanese Poop. word. Uh, Kagiri, I think it is, where it's like filling in cracks with gold and it's the the same mm. shit that's on the the citadel the end of times floor right um like making his horns it's like this is cool as shit and he starts walking and then nick i can't believe you didn't bring it up i thought like my, my thing i was like when i saw it, i was like nick's gonna have something Kintsugi. to say kintsugi kintsugi thank you uh about his dope ass little slippers oh dude the gucci slippers <laughs> like there's a couple of things in this episode i don't want to point out one was i love as their um Maybe I think it was this episode, right, where he's running through it over and over again. That this one? That was the beginning of this, yeah. Beginning of this. So I love that as he's running through it more and more, the the graphicness of timely being torn apart gets slower. So you see his skull at a certain point and then like his teeth and shit. That was I thought was a really cool touch because it doesn't happen all at once. It yeah, happens yeah. slower. He's slowing it down, but he can't stop it. He can't stop it, uh, which is cool. And then at a certain point, I was just like, dude, you know, Dormammu, I've come to Florida. Hundred percent, yeah. Like that gave me that that all of this gave me like. The mad uh, flashbacks to that, which is a good thing. I kind of like that moment. So, which is so good, and I, I love that scene. We've talked about Doctor Strange many times at this point, but what I think this one did even better is it. While that was just Doctor Strange kind of like outwitting Dormammu right. over time, this was Loki powering up through doing things over and over yeah. and over and over. And so by the time and he learning like, more, learning yeah. what he yeah. needs, so which like, is cool. And and we see it. We see it with the different conversations he has with uh, He Who Remains and all that. But it builds up to him doing this and like. Like turning into his final form, which is like you know, I love it. a, a power up moment. They pulled it off. Was the tree is the tree a reference to like the tree the the Asgardian like yeah. tree? That's awesome. Just yeah. Say, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. I saw that I was like, oh, because he kind of brought it back full circle and like recreated it. And I mean that that goes back to the thing that originally I didn't love about episode three, where we saw I think it was Balder with um, Odin and Thor, and like talking about the mythology of it all. And like this this ties into him earning his spot with, yeah. within that mythology, which is just so damn cool. I just like that he's like Thor's not that tall. Yeah, that's good. Dude, the dude the shot uh, at th- that sort of wide shot of him on the far bottom left. With all of the strands being pulled, I thought the CG was freaking phenomenal in these moments. This just felt so much more cared for than a lot of other stuff that we've seen oh. uh, on Disney Plus. Like just the art direction alone and the CG was just so freaking phenomenal. Well, going from the visual of the loom, right, which is like all the strands going into one thing and then coming out, and we have that visual, but they're coming into one point and then branching back out, and then having the screen turn for it like vertically. <laughs> So and then having awesome. it and pulling back out and we see that it's the tree with the roots po- like coming this way and the branches coming this way. They were was cooking, inspi- that was inspired. <laughs> I mean, that honestly, was th- this, awesome. this whole sequence here and like the way that that bit ended, like obviously this isn't the case, but like I would have been okay if that's the end of the MCU period. Like that's what all builds up to it and that's it. And then we moved on because it just, they just did it, man. It was just like such a beautiful bow on everything. And it's like, I believe that there is a good power now at the beginning of time working its way towards, you know, the end of he remains and all of that like he's the god of stories there's nothing fucking cooler than that the god of stories yes but like just the ultimate sacrifice like i will sit here 
for eternities to keep everything together. It's just so awesome. And dude. a sacrifice that was built up in the two episodes prior to get to that point of really revealing what this Loki's greatest fear is. And like I said it earlier, Being alone. but like seeing the Loki that we knew from the original movies all the way through to Infinity War and what he learned from Avengers 1 to Infinity War, seeing what we know from this Loki going through all of that stuff, it's like, how the fuck did we get to the same place? And they pulled it off. Like they, they really, really gave the character an equal arc, but just in the most epic way possible. Not over though. The sun must shine on them again, brother. This Loki and Thor are going to reunite at some point. Maybe it has for to sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Secret War, right? It, when it's like, all come together. Yeah. Go. <laughs> I really thought we were going to see a Watcher there at that sort of final end throne scene. We didn't see a big old head yeah, Watcher. That there. Was cool. Jeffrey Wright, right? Live, yeah. live action. Yeah. yeah. B15. And also, I, I have to call it out because I mean the music here. Like, <laughs> holy shit, dude! It's like they. They earned it, man. And this this is like I the, the soundtrack drops uh, at nine PM tonight. I can't freaking wait. I I watched the moment that this ended, I had to watch it again. I think I watched just the, the last twenty minutes of this episode three times before I reviewed screencast the next day. I'm just yeah. like, this is so Tim. I I imagine Tim sitting down with the headphones on and G is like Tim, we gotta go. And like <laughs> Moose and Toretto are like about Getting to knock spaghetti. over all these drinks and shit. And he's just there listening. B15 becomes one of TVA's leaders. OB reactivates a now friendly Miss Minutes and writes a new TVA handbook with Timely as co-author. In one timeline, Timely did not Timely did not receive the TVA handbook in 19, or 1863. Renslayer awakens in the void and encounters Aloth. What's his name? Eliath. Eliath. Uh, Mobius retired from the TVA. He and Sylvie observed Dawn and his children from afar. What a powerful end. Like, I would have never seen it coming. And, like, it's just, like, having him just kind of retire. And, like, Nick said, such a beautiful shot. And I leave, I love that it's it's open-ended, but it also closes off everything we need to know about the characters. But Owen Wilson's acting in this part is just, like, bad. So heartbreaking good. and amazing. I stay for a little time. A little, a little yeah, while. God, I was tearing up, dude. Really yeah, good. and uh, even the, the his last TVA bit of uh, dealing with the, the Quantum Mania Kang and like kind of writing that off in a, in a way that I appreciated a lot. Yeah, it's like cool. Like the six one six adjacent realm, those one they dealt with it though. It's like thank you. Well, Let's I like on. that they're like they're just like at some point some shit's coming, and we're just counting our blessings until it does. Where yeah, B fifteen was like okay. But she doesn't leave with like a, oh, phew, we, you know, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's coming. Whoa, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but it's going to be bad when it comes. We're just triaging this whole thing until it happens. That's cool. Did, did Owen Wilson not get to go back to his life then? Or is he just. He has to kill the clone. We didn't see it. <laughs> the, the end credit sequence. Or, Coherence. Yeah. He's going to like knock him out on a toilet. <laughs> I was just like, or is he waiting until he gets taken from that timeline so he can just walk back in? I'm confused by where he's left off. I think they're leaving it like it's, I think it's, it's a little open to interpretation there. Yeah, because could you imagine if they you show were... him like like digging like in a, a little grave for his old self and just Patting putting that. the body in there? That'd be <laughs> like, hilarious. All right, kids, I'm coming up. So, uh, yeah, Greg, why are you wearing a bad yeah. wig? Greg just airdrop me another picture here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a. Uh, I don't even. It looks like Doctor Seuss, Seuss yeah, but like it doesn't Dr. say Doctor Seuss. Seuss anywhere. It says dull and dreary books for insufferable sad sacks. The Ice Cream Man Sunday Edition. Uh, super special oversized volume one little green dudes coming out of some what, dudes yeah, pants i searched uh, beast x-men ice cream and that's what was uh, that was the one that came up that seemed yeah. the to send you so i said <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well there, there you go <laughs> good judgment <laughs> now it is time to rank that's uh, a ragu bagu ragu bagu What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, a podcast within a podcast. We rank all of the MCU villains. As you know, long ago, this became unmanageable. And I grabbed all the villains and I turned them sideways and I threw them up my ass and I said, I sit on the throne, baby. (laughs) So we have a tiered system now. They try to escape in. (laughs) I wouldn't let them suck them back in. We have, this will be our 56th entry on the list. We need to decide what tier from S to F we're putting docs and miss minutes and yeah what's tough with this one is it's like i i I love we didn't talk about this much but i love the reveal (laughs) that yeah that he who remains was in control of this a lot longer than we thought he was like he kind of is still the bad guy like the guy from season one like this was part of the plan like having loki do all this and like taking up all that time but yeah it's a bit more abstract i do want to call out just that little that bit of voice acting he's like 
Oh, uh, he told he he told you it does that, huh? That's what Victor told you. Yeah, Victor. Yeah, it's a great little moment of like, yeah, he lied to you. He he fell for it. Yeah, so good. I love to see you again. I'll see you again. Yeah, see, see you, you again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to rank just because I I feel like this is a bit more nebulous. I feel very high on it as a concept. How about being but... alone? Mm. How about time? It kills everything. Wow. Keeps on slipping in the future. Keeps on slipping in <laughs> I mean, that's the hard thing, right? That's what the show did great, which is that there wasn't really too much of a villain. Like, even He Who Remains, you're like, there was only one choice, really, right? Which is killing Sylvie and, like, doing this until Loki figured out another one. So was he evil or was he just being like, this is just the way it has to be? I don't know. You know? Yeah. I mean, Ed, this is this is rough for me because, like, I, I think it's S tier, but I also don't, like, it's hard. I don't know what I'd put down. I put a... Uh... Um, the picture of Beast because <laughs> <laughs> really the only the only antagonists in this whole thing are Renslayer and and Miss Minutes. Like everything else is not really was set. Yeah. In, you know, there's the Brad group. Brad Brad's like well, not Brad, but like the group that he yeah, I guess with and stuff. They were like, the, but to me, they were the weakest part of the whole thing. Yeah, that lady you can't from, throw uh, them out. You're Thrones. putting all the bad guys in there. You put all the she bad guys. The in. He's from Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. The one where they throw people down the, th- the big yeah, hole. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember. And the little boy was like, Mama. And then they're like, Mama. And they kiss each other. Like, Mama. I, think, I think I would put the bottom of B tier. I think whatever it is, it's going to be A or S for me. Only like the fact that something was like this threat was overcome by Loki. I think, it, you know, and me feeling as good as I do about the end of the show. There's a lot of times where it shows and you're like, yeah, that villain was kind of whatever. But the ending was great. I think this like, having loki overcome such a challenge and dealing with it and making this ultimate sacrifice and being burdened with glorious purpose glorious purpose is the is the Glor- villain i like that i like <laughs> I was, that i was gonna say fruit of the loom was the villain. <laughs> yeah I, i'd go bottom of s tier i would go bottom of s tier like the very last line there, because right now, if you're wondering at home, ladies and gentlemen, the S tier looks like this. Number one, Thanos from Infinity War. Number two, the Vulture from Homecoming. Number three, and Namor from Wakanda Forever. Number four, MBJ from Black Panther. Number five, Bacon Guy, a.k.a. Zemo from Captain America Civil War. Number six, Thanos from Endgame. Number seven, Gobby and Crew from No Way Home. Number eight, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What a baddie. Your top of A would be number nine, High Evolutionary from Guardians uh, Volume 3. Number 10, Kang from Quantumania. Number 11, He Who Remains slash TVA from Loki. It goes on, but talking about the end, bottom of S tier. Oh, this is so tough. Yeah, it gets tough. I mean, I, I, I stand by the bottom of S tier, but I can also see it as right under, you know, I'm going to change it. Under High Evolutionary in Guardians 3. So United he is eight here, and he was good. Yeah, you're right. You're High right. evolutionary at nine. Then you'd put this. Then you'd have Kang underneath that from Quantum Mania. Yeah, I put this at ten. Nicholas, isn't it crazy that they said that they like showed Quantum Mania to everybody and everybody loved it and they were surprised that people didn't like it when it came out. That was kind of cool. wild. To everybody, that was wild. <laughs> everybody saw it. <laughs> I wasn't there. I didn't get they the all money. loved it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's fine for me. I, I I tend to like these lists a little bit more when we have an. Uh, like an antagonist, like that's a character. Where you can also praise the performance. Yeah, because I think yeah. a lot of it, for me, unfortunately, the performances uh, for a lot of the bad guys in this didn't really work so well for me. But the overall concept and trying to fight against destiny and trying to find, like, you know, forge your own way, which is really sort of the struggle of the character, I think was really strong. Yeah, but I, I, mean, could, he, I could put it below high evolutionary. Yeah, you said it earlier too. Like he remains kicked ass in this one. He did, but Renslayer was like whatever, you know. Like yeah. I don't know, and like Brad I, again. I didn't like that guy. I just don't. I don't love the actor. Like, I don't like his Love performance it. until he got to be, until he got to spread it a little bit and, and play the actor. Sounds weird. Um, which I guess only one episode, but still. Um, so I'd rank it right there. That's fine. All right, then. A tier looks like this, then. Number nine, High Evolutionary from Guardians, Volume 3. Number 10, Fucking Destiny. I don't know. Loki from Season 2. <laughs> number 11, Kang, Ant-Man, Quantumania. Uh, then number, number 12, He Who Remains from the TVA from Loki Season 1. There you go, everybody. Now it's time to rank... The MCU. Um, I will read out the entire rankings once we actually rank this one. But visual Mark. watchers, 
you can see it right now. They're all up there. One to 44. There's a whole bunch of projects in this. Uh, we are ranking season two separately from season one, but that also includes how season two followed up on season one and how it completes it as a whole. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Loki, number season one is currently number 10. Um, who knows where they want to put it? This is so hard because... For me, it's definitely, definitely top 10. I just don't know how high it goes. And I think that it just gets a little complicated with like how I feel about some of these things. But I I think I put it at number seven. I would drop it at number 16 beneath uh, Shang-Chi and above uh, Love and Thunder. This is going to go pretty high for me. But I think season one, if we're trying to take like the mathematical angle and be like I, I think season one is stronger episode to episode and i think season one also ended with an absolute banger and had us wanting more and us all the theories were going crazy and that that cliffhanger ending was phenomenal i think that this season was weaker in total but still delivered incredibly well and i would say that i Enjoyed this more than WandaVision. I would put this at number 11, right below season one of Loki. Yeah, I'm going to be with Greg and rank it a little lower. I'd probably put it right below Guardians 3, right above Shang-Chi. It's one of those things where, actually, I think I enjoyed this more than the first season of Loki, but we're in that spot where it's like, Loki, to me, is so high that I can't put it above that. Right. And I, could, I can't really, in good conscience, put this in the top 10, largely because those two middle episodes just really were a slog for me. Um, but I, but I love the sci-fi concept and I love how that it finished strong. So I, that's why it's ranked a little higher for me, but, but the guardians trilogy is like, you know, that's oh, sacred yeah. for me. So I got to put it right below that. Sacred timeline. Sacred timeline. So with that, Loki season two is right under Loki at number 11. Uh, the list looks like this. Number one, Avengers Endgame. Two, Avengers Infinity War. Three, Spider-Man No Way Home. Four, Spider-Man Homecoming. Five, Captain America Civil War. Six, Thor Ragnarok. Seven, Captain America The Winter Soldier. Eight, Guardians 2. Nine, Black Panther 2. Ten, Loki. Eleven, Loki 2. Twelve, WandaVision. Thirteen, Avengers 1. Fourteen, Guardians 1. Fifteen, Guardians 3. Sixteen, Shang-Chi. Seventeen, Thor 4. 18, She-Hulk, 19, Iron Man, 20, Spider-Man Far From Home, 21, Black Panther, 22, Doctor Strange, 23, Werewolf by Night, 24, Doctor Strange 2, 25, The Marvels, 26, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, 27, Hawkeye, 28, Miss Marvel, uh, 29, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, did I say Hawkeye? No, I'm just, it's oh, just always, uh, I always hear it whenever no. you say it. Uh, 29, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 30, Captain Marvel. 31, Ant-Man and the Wasp. 32, Ant-Man. 33, Black Widow. Scott. 34, <laughs> Iron Man 2. <laughs> I did all three of you say it. Scott. <laughs> 34, Iron Man 2. 35, Avengers Age of Ultron. 36, Captain America, the first Avenger. 37, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Uh, 38, Iron Man 3. 39, Eternals. 40, what if? what if? Uh 41 Moon Knight, 42 Hulk, 43 Thor, 44 Thor, the Dark World, and 45 Secret Invasion. Where's where's what if season 2 going to end? Uh, we'll have to see in a few short weeks everybody. We're returning multiple times to the MCU in review uh in 2024 uh because what if season 2 is dropping. I don't know if you heard about this what? Nick. I did not hear it. I'm so Nine excited. 9 episodes day after day what? after day during I the holiday love it. break. So when we return in 2024, we will be ranking that and then Echo if I remember correctly Drops all at once at the end of January. And uh, we'll believe cool. they got the dolphin in this series. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be doing that as well. Um, and then the next project's Deadpool 3. Like it's Fuck yeah. It's going to be a while. Like we're, we're about to get a lot less MCU in the next uh, 365 days. So that could be cool. That could be cool. Um, but you know what we're getting more of? Sony Spider-Man universe, oh, baby. Got two entries next year, Madam Web and Craven the Hunter. I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys that Madam Web movie of the year. That's gonna <laughs> did be. Did you watch the trailer? I did. Good. It's something. It's, it's something. Something. <sighs> Let us know in the comments below how amazing you think our ranking is. How perfect you think this list is. Uh, and until next Except time. Except for Thor and Hulk at the bottom. That's about it.
Uh, uh, Keegan Hill saying, what is next, Tim? Next week is Thanksgiving, so there will not be an in-review. And then I don't know what we're doing after that. we got to figure it out. Working on some scheduling stuff. Um, but we'll have to see what we're doing to close out the year here. But Add Casper to Ghostbusters. Um, potentially. We might do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Until next time, I love you all. He's in it. Have a marvelous day. Oh, He's in it. Let him three as well. <laughs>